Welcome to the Sports and Torts Podcast, your go-to podcast for entertaining conversations on sports, law, and business. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, here is your host, Joshua Stein. What's up, everybody? Man, I am so excited to be back and recording new episodes, talking some sports, talking some law. I had a great summer, but it is now back to work because I really miss doing this. So we're going to start season two off hot. We're going to start off with two of our most popular guests from season one. Joining us today, we're going to be discussing all things college football and all things UGA's quest to defend their national championship. So with us is from season one, episodes one and five, Mr. Jason Gans, and season one, episodes three and five, Mr. Lawrence Kessler. What the crowd wants, the crowd shall get. So, boys, welcome back. Thanks, Josh. What a uh, lovely uh, welcoming, and uh, I'm proud to be a repeat offender here. <laughs> Friend of the show, man. Uh, it's good to be back, and welcome back for uh, season two opener. Is that so, like thank, so thank you. Long-time listener, long-time caller, both of those. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Yeah. And I'd say congratulations on season two. Yeah. You know, when me and you sat down here last year, or well, about eight months ago, didn't know what it was going to bring. You know, I was hoping to get a... Good handful of episodes out there, but here we are a year later. So. It's tough for those sitcoms to get picked up for season two, and uh, Sports and Torts has made it. So. There we go. There we go. It, it's, it's, and it's been a good conversation for people. I mean, I feel like Sports and Torts is we're about to uh, it's get some rocket fuel and shoot this thing off into the stratosphere. It's funny. It's true. I mean, that's what people now identify me with. When I see somebody, that's like what we talk about, you know, yeah. which is neat. Um, in the last two months, it's been like, hey, man, <laughs> what are you, you, you going to bring these back? You know, we want to do them. We want to listen. So that that's cool. But you all have a good summer, everybody? Yeah, too short. You know, um, our summer, and I think Larry's probably the same way. I don't want to speak for him, but focused around the kids' schools, kids' schedules. So, you know, our kids are out, let's call it right before Memorial Day. And, and my middle one went back on August 1st. So so really June and July. And uh, we went on some fun trips, great times. And, you know, September 1st, or right after Labor Day ends it, and, and time to put the nose to the grindstone. Yeah, uh, nine weeks flies by with the kids at camp trying to squeeze a couple vacations in there. We uh, we had a trip to Costa Rica this summer, which I highly recommend. It was awesome. Uh, activities like zip lining, um, hiking, whole deal was great. Horseback riding, everything was fantastic. I also did a couple other podcasts this summer, which was an experience as well. Those You're on were the circuit. Yeah, those were more business focused, so I'm sure and confident that they were very boring compared to what we're about to talk about. <laughs> well, Larry, Larry, you make me feel bad because you went to Costa Rica and all these great family fun. The Gans family goes on alcohol tourism. So we went to Scotland uh, and we went to um, uh, the beach. And then of course we're getting ready to go to Napa. So we like to center our things around uh, different types of alcohol. I I do love the international travel aspect of it though, right? Yeah. I actually went to Costa Rica as well. Not, not with you, Lawrence. And and coincidentally, we were both there at different times, but uh, you got to get out there and experience the world, right? I mean, you only go to Florida so much. We love you, Florida, but uh, I got to go see some things. You mentioned zip lining in Costa Rica. Um, that scared the hell out of me. Not going to lie. My kids were all about it. They were cool. There were seven different runs and one through six. I was petrified. Seven. I was okay because it was like 10 feet long. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know about that, man. (laughs) Well, I, I enjoyed the zip lining too. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I have a nine year old Jordan, uh, she wasn't able to ride by herself. And I've actually been known as big Lair 99 through this podcast, and I asked the zip line guy, I said, hey, can my daughter ride with me? He looked at me, shook his head no, and said, Papa Grande, muy rapido, no, no, no. So uh, so now I'm now, I got Papa Grande to pa- add to Papa the list Grande. of nicknames here. What is 99 in Spanish? How do you say that? Uh, nueve, nueve. There you go. Uh, probably not that long right. like that, yeah. but we'll ask you. You're going to get no, fact checked by a listener. Yes, noventa y nueve. Uh, someone check my Spanish. T-Lot, I'm go. looking at you. There you go. So another thing about this podcast that I didn't totally expect to happen was people got very interested in what the food or drink consumption was. That was another big talking point. Jason, that started with me and you, I think. Kind of, we didn't even know it. We just wanted to pour it. It was Tito's and Topo. It was a Friday during the Christmas holiday season. Yeah. And so you introduced me to Topo years ago. And I, you know, we've been drinking it. Lawrence, you do too. But I was surprised at how many listeners, I mean, my friends that listened were like, we've never heard of this. We now drink it all the time. We love it. So, so Coke probably needs to give you a little hookup yeah, for. I've been asking you know, for for a while for the increase in sales. But what I wanted to do today was kind of play off that a little bit. Um, everybody loves Costco, right? Yeah. How could you not? How could you not? And Especially so, now that uh, samples are back. Samples are back. Yeah. And so Costco has this, what they call Kirkland brand, Italian sparkling mineral water, which 
is the Italian version, I guess, of the Mexican version of Topo Chico. Um, so we are sampling it. I've had it once or twice. You have not. Have you had it before, Lawrence? I have, yeah. yeah. So, Jason, you're the expert. Uh, you're enjoying one right now. We've got a lime in it. <laughs> Give us the tail of the tape. How, how does For the visual, he's currently swirling it, sniffing it. He's getting. He's honing up those Napa skills with his Italian mineral water. You know, let it, getting some oxygen in there. That's not bad. It's 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 not bad. You know, um, not as bubbly as Topo Chico, but it'll do. Um, I was about to say not as crisp. Either. Not as crisp. Not as bubbly. It, it's enjoyable though. I've you know we go through. Listen, Topo Chico is my preferable uh, mixer with with all things cocktail. We we do drink a lot of, of vodka sodas, but also we'll make ranch waters as well. Um, but this isn't this isn't bad. I uh, yeah, there's I'd put it on my list of you know top five. So, so it's approved. Yeah. It's approved. So bottling and glassware is is surprisingly important to me. Yeah, I wouldn't think that it was, but it is. And my big my biggest complaint um, is that the the you know, the soft bottle it comes in does not it pales in comparison to the glass bottle of topo oh yeah it to your point lawrence it makes it much more crisp much more cold coming out of that bottle so for that reason alone i'm obviously gonna be on team tipo the price isn't that big of a difference either if you buy it in really? bulk the price isn't enough to like push the curriculum over the edge my favorite topo chicas are i think they're a liter bottle they sell them at Whole Foods, and they've got a screw top on there. So that'll get you a few cocktails. I like to put it on my coffee table so I don't have to go back and forth to the kitchen. I also like how Topo's expanded into the seltzer market. They yeah. make, they have their own ranch waters and own seltzers. Um, I would say High Noon is the mm-hmm. kind of premier seltzer with the Topo's being right behind there, but I do enjoy their ranch waters. Love it. Love High it. Noon's my favorite as well. Well, this is called the Sports and Torques Podcast. we got to talk some sports. Uh, talk about... The fact that we have been defending champions, actually been double champions uh, with the Braves too for the last um, last year, I'm still enjoying the hell out of being that that having that title. How how did y'all feel going into the season with that? You know that that being who, who we are now. You know, um, first of all, it's awesome being double champs. Uh, announcing that pretty much everywhere we go, I'm enjoying that, and we'll continue to do so as we defend the crown. Going into the season, though, I feel like there's a lot less pressure, right? I feel like these guys can go out there and play as a fan. I don't feel as stressed out with the expectations of, oh, here comes Georgia, top five team again, top three team again. Where are they going to fall down? Where are they going to collapse? I feel like now that we've, you know, similar to Scotty Scheffler, once you win that first one and break the seal, I feel like now we know what it's like and we can continue to be successful out there. Yeah, you don't have to hear the, you know, 40 more years or 40 years or Clay Travis, Georgia's going to Georgia, which initially was Clemson, going to Clemson. You don't hear that anymore. You're not going to hear Georgia's going to Georgia anymore. Look, the Braves are hot right now. They look awesome. I bought three of the same T-shirt. It's the uh, state of Georgia, and it's the Braves on one side. And, you know, I I can't imagine that those things are going to last that long, so that's why I bought three of them. But, uh, yeah, it's great. So I'm still buying gear, too. Yeah. I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Uh, we were at a game over the weekend, um, a high school game, a Walton game, and they had, you know, they're selling souvenirs of Georgia stuff and Brave stuff. Like, I just, I see it and I just can't help myself. Hats, shirts, the whole thing. I got the hat, the shirt, the keychain, the Yeti mug. I got the engraved bourbon bottle. I got the, um, the, the, the wall art from the yeah, from picture this, from yeah. Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, next thing I want to get though is I want to I want to get my hands on some of these uh, the new Coke bottles the Penley the Penley designed Coke bottles which are hard to find. Larry, save room on the wall for 2022. That's what I was going to ask. I mean, so are we? I mean, obviously we want to be greedy, right? You want <laughs> you want to run it back. Um, I think that all of us in some way, shape, or form said at the end of last year like we're good, we got our championship, but now there's a new season. Like I don't feel that way anymore. No, we want more, man. We want more. Yeah, I mean, look, the dogs look good. Um, we're we're I don't we're fortunate that uh, we've got a slightly soft schedule, I'd say, but uh, dogs have a good shot. And look, I know this is more about George, but the Braves have a good shot as well, or a shot. Yeah. So, yeah. so what is Kirby's message, mindset coming into the season? Uh, he's always been able to come in and, and talk about getting the monkey off the back, that kind of stuff. But what is he preaching to this team now? New set of players. What, what, what is what is the messaging in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, it's a different team, right? You know, you, these kids are here for four years, five years, something like that, three to seven with COVID waivers. Um, but, look, you've got new leaders. We lost a lot. And I think it's stay hungry. Did you like what we did last year? Well, that doesn't mean, you know, this year. So get it done again. You know, go beat the person across the line of scrimmage from you. I, I think Kirby's two biggest strengths as a head coach are roster management and the ability to motivate. 
Not, um, not quarterback room. <laughs> not quarterback room. But may, may, we'll see what he does this year. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we got a proven leader coming back with Stet. We can talk about that in a bit. Um, but if you read about what he's talking about and really trying to change the mindset of the people that are coming up to him, his coaches, his players about, hey, congrats, you're champs. Every time he says, every time he hears that, he goes home and he makes like 10, 15 more calls to recruits. Um, that when he hears that, that's like the trigger of, hey, we can't just be happy with one. We got to continue to work. So I think Kirby's going to instill the mindset in these kids that you haven't done anything yet. That last year's team was last year's team. You got to make your own mark. And now with 15 guys leaving for the NFL and others graduating, uh, it really is a whole new team. Kirby got paid this summer too. He did. He got broke off. He got broke off. I think it was what? It was a 10 year deal, over $100 million at the, at the time, made him the highest paid coach in, in college football, right? At the time. Didn't last uh, long. Didn't last long. We'll, we'll get to that. But earned contract. Um, hope he's here for 10 years, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know how these guys do it, right? Like if I'm, and, and Kirby's a college football coach, Nick Saban's a college football coach, but if I'm a awesome football coach, I'm going to the NFL because the amount of time that these guys have to put in, they are not only the head coach, they're the GM, they're the president, you know, they're, they're Alex Anthopoulos, they're, you know, uh, Terry McGurk, they're, they're Brian Snicker, all wrapped up into one, you know? So, um, I don't know how you do that without getting burned out. Kirby is what, three years older than us? I think I look 10 years younger than him and, you know, a little humble brag there. I know that's what the show's all about. He, he's, he's aged a lot in the yeah. last year, but to Lawrence's point, his two best attributes probably wouldn't play as well in the NFL. And hopefully he knows that. Right, um, right. And, sure. and hopefully he stays here. Like, what, there's no other college job no. I would see him leaving for, right? Like, he ain't going to Alabama. This is his last college job. Yeah. So I hope, I mean, and if we have him for the next 10 years, like, there's no reason to think we're not a top three program for the next decade. Yeah. He's going to, yeah, he's going to keep it going. I think there was some rumors or some articles that came out that said during COVID and some of the like early, like, NIL yeah, well, stuff yeah. that he was like, you know, maybe I don't want to do this, but he's locked in 10 years and you know how these contracts go. In two more years, he'll get another extension. In two more years, he'll get an extension after this. Now, there has been some talk that he's not quite as open to adopting NIL as like the new standard. Um, he's going to have to. Something's coming out today. Um, they, they were they were teasing it last night and, and I should have been better prepared for this, but the players were teasing it last night on Twitter. Uh, so we have a thing called Classic City Collective and I think we get to NIL a little bit further down the line, but supposedly Classic City Collective is coming out with some big announcement today about to the benefit of all the players. So I don't know if it has come out yet. We're, we're This is about noon while we're recording this. So, uh, And it's what you mean by that is instead of focusing on giving one recruit or one player a deal, it's more for either the whole team or a whole yeah. offensive group or defensive that, group. That's what it seems like across the board. Uh, so, and, and I know that, that we are going to get into this, but these collectives are effectively, um, I don't know how they're legally set up, but um, they go out and they're really small dollar donations from, you know, the average fan donate, you know, $33 and 18 cents a month, you know, yeah, I think that's one of the things, right. And so, you know, uh, you know, John Q public does that and they get a thousand John Q publics to do that. And, you know, they raise a few million dollars a year. Well, you're a finance guy. I mean, is it similar to raising money for a fund or any other kind of investment? Is it the same concept? Oh, uh, you'd rather have high tickets. <laughs> and then a bunch uh, of onesie twosies. Yeah, you got yeah, yeah. to. But, but I'm saying, but the, there are, the, the, right? the, the concept, not necessarily the, you know, just the idea. Yeah, you know, it's 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 they're all doing it, right? Everyone's doing this. I think I saw something this morning. Michigan did one. Uh, they've got their collective, and they started paying everybody. A and M, I think, was the first ones to start this collective um, because you're going to have. And I think Miami has it. This guy John Ruiz, and everyone's got the you know a billionaire booster who doesn't mind kicking in twenty five million dollars. That's a rounding error to them, and they go ahead and say, hey, I want that quarterback out. I want you know Arch Manning, maybe a bad example but you know and i'm willing to throw 10 million dollars down or whatever the numbers are but then to get you know the third string you know you know right guard right i think that's more where some of these these collectives yeah. come you need play. to uh you, you use your network reach out to icon source um from the tailgate see what, what kind of intel they can give us on this uh this announcement that's coming down um, the one thing kirby did not do this past off season that he's been pretty good at was leverage the transfer portal though I think we're one of the only few schools that did not get anybody in the portal. We lost a couple of guys. We did not get anybody. Um, but in terms of the NIL, um, I feel like there's a lot that we can sell, um, but it's changing the game of recruiting. And that's why, you know, Saban did just sign an extension. It's breaking news. But do you really see him sticking around and trying to compete? Because it kind of takes away from his edge of what he used to be really good at and competing with the big booster money and the oil money and what A&M and Miami and all these folks are willing to spend. Yes, we see him sticking around. Yes, he's never leaving. Yes, he's going to coach until the day he dies. That's just how it's going to be. Okay. Um, so so you, you mentioned you know, the lack of players in the transfer portal. 
Um, we lost a ton of players last year. We lost what fifteen players got drafted. Uh-huh. Is that that was a record yeah. or, or yeah. it was certainly yeah. for Georgia? It was LSU yeah. was it twenty twenty? Yeah. yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So those are those are big big shoes to fill, literally and figuratively. Your boy, uh, you know, number ninety nine, your man, um, he's gone. We got to fill all these players up. So so talk about who some of the new players are. Who's who are the names that we're going to be hearing from? Who fills these voids of all these first rounders that we lost? Yeah, first of all, I don't think it's not uh, um, replen. I mean, the the amount that we lost on defense was just insane. So, I, look, defense isn't going to be as good as they were last year. But there are there are some new players. I think, look, you're, you're going to lean on Jalen Carter, right? Who a lot say was actually the best defensive lineman last year, number eighty eight. He is, you know, everyone's all American this year. Should be a top five pick next year. So, so that's nice. Uh, you know, it, it, linebackers, you, you lost three, right? Uh, one went in the first round. Nakobe should have gone in the first round, dropped because of some concerns about a peck injury. And then Channing Tindall, who is awesome, mm-hmm. you lost him too. So uh, you do have Nolan Smith coming back, and I think he's going to be a leader. Uh, you're going to see guys like Smale Munden, Trez Marshall, and uh, uh, Jamin Johnson. Doug, I'm screwing up his name, but uh, uh, there's Jamin one. Dumas Johnson. That's right. He's That's my pick to click. You know what his nickname is? Yes, Pop. Pop. I like to refer to him as Ham. <laughs> Hamon, Hamon, uh, Pop, Pop is my dog this year. I, I'm all in on Pop. I, okay, you heard uh, it here first. Yeah, Del McGee, I think, said he calls him Pop because he looks really old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Lawrence, on the uh, Jason talked a lot about the defensive side of the ball. Talk to me on the offensive side. Yeah, so you know, losing all the talent on the defensive side. Uh, I mean, we are in a position where we don't rebuild; we reload based off all the. That's the phrase I was looking the for. The success of the recruiting classes we've had. I think offensively is where we're going to make up for some of that inexperience. Um, we got 84th year senior Stetson Bennett coming back, um, eligible for AARP, uh, who's now, you know, I think this is actually his first year being able to come in as a starter, getting all the first team reps. Um, you know, if you look at the statistics, you know, he's, he's a top quarterback statistically. Now he's got his flaws. So we'll get to that in a bit. Um, and then if you look at our, our tight end room, we got Brock Bowers, the other first team all American, um, I think we have three first-team All-Americans, Jalen Carter, Brock Bowers, and Keeley Ringo. Yeah. Um, but offensively, we have Brock Bowers, and then we're going to pair him up with Eric Gilbert, the transfer from LSU. Um, Darnell Washington, you know, the 6'8 beast. Um, and then we still have, I think, a pretty loaded running back room. So I think offensively, in you know, third-year Munkin's offense, you know, we should now be putting up 40-something points a game to, to overcome some of the inexperience. On we may That'll have- be our identity this year. Yeah, we may have the three best tight ends in the entire country all on the same team. And another two. NFL included. And, and, and you have Delp coming in, who's you know five-star or four-star. Yeah, he's right there, yeah. too. So how does how does Munkin use all these toys, so to speak? I mean, we all love yeah. Bowers. It's yeah. documented and, you know, hasn't changed. He's the best offensive player, perhaps, in the country, not named, you know, Bryce Young and CJ, you know, those guys. Um, how, how does Munkin utilize all these weapons? I forget the name of the formation that they ran in the spring, but they did have a, like a three tight end or yeah, four 13, tight end set. Four, four, 13 personnel. You're going to see a lot of 13. Yeah. 14, so, I mean, you 12, can put, you can put Gilbert in a wide receiver position and, and Brock, they spread it. They, yeah, they put Brock, Brock, put Brock in a wide receiver position. You put uh, Darnell Washington in there as a traditional tight end. And then you, I mean, you're going to outsize anybody. Like no one can match up with that. Yeah. Well, we, we're a little, I'd say, I don't want to say weak, but we're, we are a little down. I'd say wide receiver losing Jermaine Burton, right? Talent to the portal, mm-hmm. right? George Pickens, right? James Cook, who played wide receiver half the time last year. So wide receiver, I mean, you bring back, uh, A.D. Mitchell, Lab McConkey, um, you know, so we have Kears Jackson, Kears back, Jackson. He's, he's banged up too. He's, right. And Arian Smith's already hurt. So you just lean on, you lean on the big guys. And, but back uh, to Gilbert, we've heard his name for years. Yeah. Transferred in. He was at LSU first. He had a good year his freshman year at LSU. What, what, what can we realistically expect from this guy? And do we think he's going to be on the field for 13 games? I do. Yeah. I think you could expect, you know, 30 catches for 400 yards and three or four touchdowns. Um, there's going to be so many mismatches. Like, I think the biggest strength that, that Munkin has this year is how do you match up, right? If you're a defensive coordinator, what do you do? Brock Bowers runs a 4'3", 40. That guy is, you know, he's 6'3", 235. And, and Art Gilbert is LeBron James. I'm, not, I'm sorry, not uh, uh, Darnell Washington's LeBron James out there. And you've got Art Gilbert, who's 6'4". 
four two fifty, right? How do, who do you, I mean, they compare him to Kyle Pitts, right? They right. call Kyle Pitts a unicorn. I guess he's unicorn light. Right. I'm excited to see what this kid can do. Yeah, quite frankly, no, absolutely. You know, I didn't watch a ton of LSU games in, in uh, the COVID year, but I saw his highlights. I mean, um, you look good. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready and, to and, see and, what and, we can and do. And this this group, and we'll include receivers in there too. Like they can't be judged by their stats, right? right. Because they're going to be spread out so so far, you know, between so many different players. But they're going to. I mean, I think we're going to put up a lot of points. A lot. And, and to what you were saying is wide receivers probably not going to be where we get as much done. Right. Um, the wide, uh, excuse me, running backs. Seems like we always got two guys coming in, right? It changed every few years. This Lost year, is, this year is what Milton and McIntosh are going to be who we're, we're leading yeah. on. So the wide, we, we did just lose uh, freshman Andrew Paul. Um, so we are a little thin at running back, right? Kenny McIntosh has been awesome, and I think he's going to be like James Cook this year, but better because I think they're going to flex him out. They're going to throw the ball to him a bunch. He's awesome, just just awesome. Uh, Kendall Milton. He's just been ding the whole time he's been here. He had all the the makings. Then you've got Dejon Edwards, Edwards, who's yep. small, but but he's good, right? Every time, I mean, he comes in in garbage duty, but he comes also, in. I mean, he rips off 50, 60 yards a game yeah. when he comes in. And then you're down to the two, right? So now you just lost one. So you've got Branson Robinson. So now you've got four. But you, you also think that a lot of your running backs you play on special teams, right? So I don't know. Do we like do you pull Kenny Mack off kick returns? Because you can't lose, you can't lose Kenny McIntosh. You can't so, lose one. So, of so Kirby, he's, he's our most consistent. Of the Kirby group. said something about Robinson that he, he, the word he used was different. He's a different player. Um, there's a lot of ways you can take that. Was he meaning he's a different player in like his That's size, how he goes about it, or is he mean this guy's got talent that's just different from? What they we said uh, Del McGee was quoted as saying he's built like a brick house. I think uh, there's a little bit more colorful thing there, but he's like six feet two twenty five, like. Bigger than Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was 5'10", probably 225. They said that's probably the closest, you know, look. I mean, if he has half the career, Nick Chubb, the guy's, you know, all-American. Yeah, but I mean, what I've read about is, what I've read is if he can figure out pass protection and learn how to block, um, ceilings, you know, yeah. the sky's the limit for that guy. The one, maybe you didn't mention it and I didn't, well, didn't hear it, but uh, at Lawrence, have you talked about McConkie yet? Uh, br- briefly, right? So when you talk about our wide receiver production, it's coming from A.D. Mitchell. It's coming from Lad McConkey. Um, there's kind of Dylan, Shout out Jacob Brinson, yeah, for the J- jersey. Jake Brinson, I mean, me, JB and I were rocking the uh, McConkie Jordan Davis jerseys in Indy last year, but you know, McConkie's that, that slot speedster out of the, uh, Bill Belichick, you know, playbook that Danny Amendola, <laughs> a lot um, of grit, I mean, Charlie hustle. You're, you're, you're putting every, uh, every adjective you can for the traditional white wide receiver. And yeah, I can appreciate he's a workout that. warrior. Uh, yeah. Jim he, he's a grinder. Um, a lot of grit. Uh, I like McConkey. I mean, I think he can he can he can um, you know break open over the top, get the deep ball, but he also can be shifty, right? You get him in the slot with AD Mitchell. Um, from a freshman perspective, I keep hearing stuff about Dylan Bell making noise in practice. Um, but you know, looking at AD Mitchell, like when do these freshmen really make an impact? It's not the first couple of games unless you're Brock Bowers. Um, I think AD Mitchell really started to come on about three, four, five games into the season, um, and now he's the now he's the proof out there. And the other one I'm really interested to see is the hometown boy, Dominic Blaylock, coming right. back from two ACLs. Um, apparently he's looking good out there, and I'm curious to see how he performs this year. Yeah, pulling for him. So you touched a little bit on freshmen, and it is hard in the SEC to make an impact, but who are some names that people have not heard of before in this rising freshman class on either side of the ball that have the chance to make an impact? Um, so I think from a redshirt perspective, uh, well, I think we're going to see a lot of freshmen in the secondary. Um, from a redshirt perspective, Kamari Lassiter is making a lot of noise out there and impressing the coaches. I think we'll see a lot of him. Um, some of the other freshmen I think that we will see play this year is Malachi Starks, uh, Dalen Everett, Julian Humphrey, and Jaheim Singletary in the secondary. Yeah, those are two five-star DBs. Yeah, I, I don't really see – I mean, we had a lot of talent on the defensive line. We recruited some studs. I just don't know how much playing time they're going to get. Like, uh, was it uh, – Marvin Jones and Michael Williams I think are going to play, actually. Yeah, Big Bear. What about Big Bear? I don't know. I haven't really heard anything about him, but I think he's kind of the next one up in terms of, like, that Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, massive space eater. He's going to be your favorite player in two years big bear 99 no question <laughs> big no question big bear. no question so we're 20 plus minutes in and this name has been brought up but there's been no discussion about him we're, really we're holding back stetson bennett yeah i mean talk about somebody that has been discussed more in the last what 18 months um than anybody else in the history of the world it seems like so simple question are y'all glad he's back I and yes i am actually um because i do think he's the best of the bunch in the quarterback room right now um, Brock Vandergriff, five star, hasn't really done anything. Carson Beck has had a couple opportunities and hadn't done anything. 
Um, Stetson gives us the best chance to win. Um, like I said, he's 75 years old or whatever it is, but he's the most experienced. He's got a, he's got an edge. He's got a chip, and um, I'm glad he's leading the team this year. Jason, you glad he's back? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Larry's sentiment there. I had mixed feelings. Had you asked me, you know, four or five months ago, I would have said no. Um, but uh, yeah, he's got experience. He knows the offense. He's the only returning quarterback that I know of, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, who actually had a drunk appearance on Good Morning America. <laughs> so, yeah, he's good by me right now. Don't you try to buy him a free uh, Bud Light in Athens. Yeah, yeah right, right. Exactly. So, so I catch a lot of hell for, for claiming, you know, people say I'm a, a fanboy of his, which I, I appreciate what he's done. I think we all have to appreciate mm-hmm. what he's done. Um, I, if We discussed this last year. Like, if I were him, I probably would have rode off in the sunset. However, with the with his options he was looking at and with NIL, I'm sure he got some to come back. He's probably making more as the QB one in Athens. That's what I've heard. Than anything else. And so for that, like I get it. He's got the new haircut, he's got the new name, he's got the swag. Um, what's his season gonna look like? I think good, right? I think the offense is gonna be the identity. He has so many weapons, mm-hmm. as we were just talking about there. The offensive line should be pretty good, so they'll keep him upright. And I think Munkin's a fantastic offensive coordinator who's just gonna scheme these guys open. I, like I, I saw a prediction. I forget who who, who posted this. It was uh, it was one of the national guys who said they they think Stetson has a shot of ending up in New York. Well, I was gonna say I don't want to put a spoiler alert on my Heisman prediction, so we'll hold that towards the end. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Are we salt Larry's crackers? Do, are we are we gonna hear Sean Traub, anybody else bring up the name J T Daniels this year? No, you ain't gonna hear. Well, J- have to hear his name ever again. He might not start at West Virginia. You're not going to hear JT Daniels' name. What you're going to say is from from, from the uh, the negative guy, the Doctor Dooms of the world is, oh, threw another pass in the back of a linesman's head, overthrew somebody, underthrew somebody, made a dumb mistake. Um, we need to get we need to get Gunner Stockton in there. We need to get we need to see Beck. We need to see something else. JT Daniels, that story is over and done with. Good good luck in um, in West Virginia. Yeah. So Carson, Carson Beck, no one, he didn't do anything last year to, to get anybody excited. We all thought he'd be the next person to transfer. He didn't. Right. Good so, for him. So, so does that mean that there's no one, there wasn't a market out there for him, or he's going to wait out Stetson and he's going to be next man up? No, I think there's definitely a market out there for him, right? You could always, you know, go down um, to, you know, the you know, TCUs of the world. Um, but, uh, no, I think, look, he, you know, we are going to be double-digit favorites over every team we play in the regular season. Carson Beck is going to play a lot, and so is Brock Vandergriff. And I don't know what they're going to do with Gunnar Stockton, but it's going to be like last year where – there's going to be a lot of boring games, right? Where and you're going to see, you know, the second team and the third team. So I think they probably told him that, look, you're going to get an opportunity. And then come, you know, 2023, if you don't win the starting job, you've got a ton of tape out there, right? You could transfer to, there are going to be people knocking down your Let door. Let me ask you this question. I don't want to interrupt you, but because you brought it up. Yes or no, is the next person to start at quarterback at UGA currently on the roster? Yes. Yes, and I don't think it's Carson Beck. I think I Carson Beck stayed because he knows he's better than Brock Vandergriff. I think going into next season, Gunnar Stockton will be a starting quarterback. I trend to say no to this um, just because the way that I'm seeing quarterback play work around the country, it's like we're going to bring in whoever the next big person in the portal is, and it's not going to be Beck. And who knows with Vandergriff and Stockton? I mean, I, 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 just, I, I, I tend to think – that the, the Caleb Williams of next year is going to be starting at Georgia. I mean, Kirby's always working that market, but I don't know. I think actually the quarterback room is pretty decent right now. Uh, um, you I, know, think, I think we had a shot at Caleb Williams this past offseason too. There was a lot, a lot of buzz about him yeah. potentially ending up in Athens. Yeah, maybe if maybe if Stetson leads, we get him. So we, I we, think we're good there, though. I yeah. think we're good on in the quarterback. I room. hope so. I mean, you know, I, we've seen so many five stars come and go, and you know, I'm just I'm just very hesitant to hop on board with somebody that I just hear about and don't see them making noise, but we'll see. So um, we mentioned all the dogs that got drafted. I want to do a little bit of talking about how they're going to do in the NFL. So, so I mean, you might, I probably know who you're going to go with, but like who's the, who's the one kind of player that you think is going to make the biggest impact in the NFL this year? So two, I've got two and neither one of them were drafted in the first round. Right. I think, first of all, I think a lot of these 15 will do really well. And I think most of the 15 have a chance of making the 53. But I think George Pickens, the reviews out of him, 
are at uh, Pittsburgh have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. The guys, he's, he's a baller. Um, he could be the steal of the draft. And then second, I touched on already. Nicobe Dean's going to have 150 tackles this year. Assuming he stays healthy. The guy's a tackling machine. He's going to probably play behind a big Larry 99 <laughs> and, um, you know, inside linebacker in the NFL, your career's, you're probably gonna end up with CTE, unfortunately, but but he's gonna hit a lot of people this year. Um, I agree with you. Uh, not to give away my fantasy football strategy, yeah. but uh, I'm targeting Pickens and the Eagles defense. Twitter's all over. Yeah, <laughs> Twitter is all over Pickens, aren't they? I'm targeting Pickens and the Eagles defense. Um, and like, listen, I think Trayvon Walker's gonna be a stud, but yeah. you know, Jacksonville, yeah. they're you know, are they gonna be any good? Probably yeah. not. So he may get some sack numbers. Um, I think James the, Cook could end up like an Alvin Kamara type player, not not necessarily this year, but over his career. And he's playing for the Bills. Yeah, and uh, for the Zeus is in in uh, Las Vegas with the Raiders. Yeah. He's getting some playing time in the preseason, and I think they that I read Kenyon that they're Drake. cutting in Kenyon Drake. So yeah, he's yeah. Uh, Zeus is making waves there. Yeah. And so so Dean, I'm glad you brought him up. Um, we all watched him sit there on draft night and just wait and wait and wait, and we all just assumed, or not assumed, we were hoping the Falcons would take him. Yeah, and they took. Three other linebackers. One of which him. was a quarterback. One of one of which was from Montana. And a quarterback. And a quarterback. Montana, one of Montana which, State. Montana State. One's from Western Kentucky, right? The London Falcons need to get the hell out of here because sometimes I feel like these GMs are so cute, try to be so cute and so smart. And if they would just call like a Georgia fan or, or, or someone who watched Georgia play, like that's the guy you want. Well, let's take that a step further. We drafted a wide receiver in the first round. Um, Drake at, London, Drake London. London, who I, you know, I, admittedly I don't know a ton about him, um, and I'm, I well, wear, he's hurt. I wear a paper bag over my head when I watch Falcons games anyway. But you could add, like when George Pickens comes out and he's uh, yeah. offensive rookie of the year, are you upset that you passed up on on George Pickens? No, I eat fish and chips when I watch the London Falcons. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Now they did take Fitzpatrick. Is he going to make the team? And Justin Schaefer. Um, uh, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, John Fitzpatrick. He's six six two sixty. You know, I think. He, He's a road grader. I mean, I know he's a tight end, but yeah, you throw a jump ball at him. I hope so. I hope it, so. Admittedly, I watched four minutes of the Falcons Jets preseason game. So you're four probably the only felt. person in the country that actually did. Yeah, that. And I, I saw Pitts make a great catch. Did the AP ask you to do a write up? I saw I saw young young Way Koo kick a field goal, change the channel. He might be my favorite. Gra- Gra- he's the best player on the team. Graham comes home last night and he's like, "Oh, the Falcons are on." I'm like, "Really? I didn't even know." And he's like, "Let's turn them on." I'm I did like, not see okay. Fitzpatrick or Schaefer. We watched it for three minutes. I'm like, "This is terrible." My favorite Falcon is Cordero. Yeah. yeah, no, he's he's great. probably the only real player. On he's this great. Team. Well, it's gonna be fun to follow these guys. Uh, back back to the college season though. So the SEC East, you you touched on the fact that there's gonna be a lot of blowout games. Georgia's the class of the division again. Um, there's some new players though. There's some storylines. I mean, are there some teams that? can make some noise or is no. it going to be no. run through I'm going to answer this. I hope I'm wrong just to make the fall more entertaining, but look, who's the, uh, there's two SEC's teams in the top 25, Georgia at three. And I recognize, uh, that these preseason rankings mean nothing. Uh, Kentucky at like 22. People love Kentucky. Well, you're obviously not love Kentucky. except John Calipari, not a big, right, Kentucky right, 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 right. You're not following Chris Doring. He predicted Kentucky to go 11 and one upset Georgia with their only loss to Tennessee, which means they would win the East. Yeah. Like. I, a lot of people around the country uh, love to see that. I don't see it. I do. Th- I think the East is better this year than it was last year. Um, you know, South Carolina had got hot towards the end of the year with Shane Beamer and they bring in Spencer Rattler. I wouldn't say I'm too scared of him if he couldn't win the starting job at Oklahoma. Um, but I think Tennessee, you know, they're scary offensively. Um, Hurden Hooker's a player. Yeah, they're scary offensively. And so they now with, the field. with us kind of being less experienced on the defensive side, you know, are we going to be able to slow them down? We so get them in Athens. We'll score yeah. 75 points. And even if they put up 30, which I don't think they will, fine. Leave it to Tennessee, though, to get busted for, like, paying players during NIL time. Oh yeah, right. I mean, leave it to them to be the but, ones. But how much trouble are they actually going to get into? Because that, that was all on that was all on what's his name? Um, yeah, Jeremy Pruitt. Pruitt. So I actually wrote down some stats. I saw this. Uh, uh, Sean will call me out, but I saw this on the dog vent yesterday. So I haven't fact checked this, but some stats about Tennessee. Right since two thousand eight, um, they are uh, eighty five and eighty eight overall since 2008 their sec record is 40 and 74 impossible since they've been to i think seven bowl games out of 14 years should have never fired fulmer no. well that's that's what proud it was, fan base right? that's, this is tough to swallow they you know they have not really been a team since 
1999. I did see somewhere that uh, Shane Beamer was referred to as um, Butch Jones without the uh, without the gimmicks, without the shtick. People like Shane Beamer. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. You mentioned Rattler. Is he is he gonna be worth a crap? No, maybe he's better than what they had. I, Big I don't, name, I, I don't know what South Carolina has around him. Quite frankly, um, nothing. You know, it wouldn't surprise me. I think Georgia finishes first in the East. Tennessee probably two. Kentucky three. South Carolina probably four. Yeah, you mentioned Florida. Yeah. I, think, I think Florida. I think Florida, and then I think uh, I think Vandy's gonna you know, bring it up the caboose there. All right, let me ask you a question then. So, predict how many uh, SEC East teams finish in the top twenty-five at the end of the season? One. I say three. I'll, t- I'll split the difference prices right, you guys, yeah. too. I'll take yeah. two. <laughs> I think it's going to be Georgia, Kentucky, and Tennessee in the top 25 at the end of the season. I can see, ten- I can see one of those two teams being 21-22 because they got to they got to get their win somewhere, right? And I mean, you've got to put 25 people. Yeah, I mean, the they're, they're, they're going to end up with seven wins, which probably puts you in there. But um, So Napier, he's new. He's from a what, Sunbelt Conference, Louisiana Lafayette. What do we know about him? He coached for, uh, for Saban. I, mean, I, I do know that you can get Florida tickets at Costco. <laughs> I saw that. I love how Costco makes another appearance. So, so next for their, our next podcast, we're getting Topa Chica if they're selling it there again. If not, we'll go with the Kirkland brand and some Florida tickets maybe. Yeah, I think South Carolina tickets are available at Costco. Do so you know Napier played high school football in Georgia? I didn't. I did not no. I know very little about him. Yeah. I have very little expectations for him. I mean, talk about a program – Listen, Herb, you do a deal with the devil when you hire Urban Meyer, right? So now they're they're just they're paying it back right now. I love that Kirby just kills Florida coaches, though. Yeah, he got McElwain canned, he got Mullen canned. The shark pumper. What is Mullen doing this year? I oh, he's uh, he's on TV. I just saw something uh, this past week, but yeah, he he does kill Florida. Coaches. Pretty certain he's dressed like a moron. I couldn't be less interested to hear that guy talk. Mm-mm. I mean, what does he what does he possibly got to share? Okay, so do you, do you know there was a chance that he uh, AD Greg McGarity uh, wanted to interview him uh, when we hired Kirby? Yeah, I remember that. Um, all right, West. I think Division. I think Traub actually wanted him as our head coach. He did. Sean he wanted. Did. Uh, we'll go on the record right here. Yeah. And Sean did want uh, Dan Mullen as the head coach. And well, well you I'm wanted sure. you wanted Tom Herman though. So, but that's a conversation for another time. Sean read it on the dog vent, and if it's on the dog vent, it has to be true. Just like the, yeah. your stats about Tennessee and yeah. the Mullen's gonna be the next coach. So, all right, West Division. Alabama and everybody else, as always. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I so the Aggies get a lot of hype. I've got a special dislike for Texas A and M, though it is a good school, uh, and, and I appreciate their traditions and all that. Um, I equate Texas A and M, the Aggies, to the Mets, right? Um, so lots of preseason hype. And then they die out, right? And listen, eventually the Mets are going to win the NL East. Maybe Let's hope Aggies, not 2022. Yeah, may, maybe the Aggies will do something. But besides that, I mean, look, I hope I, I'm rooting for Arkansas, right? We all like uh, Sam Pittman. The pit boss, yeah. It's a great story, great guy. Um, could all miss. I mean, the, I, I mentioned this numerous oh, previously on, on this same podcast that uh, Lane Kiffin is a treasure and we should all love him. You see where he found his kicker, right? No. You didn't see this? Uh-uh. Picked you him at a bar. Yeah. At a fury party. He's amazing. And the kid, the, the kids from East Cobb went to Walton. I mean, he, he found Lane, his Lane, Lane Kiffin, Mike Leach, National Treasures, National. the coaching, the coaching roster of the SEC West. It's hilarious. I mean, it's like a, it, Twitter should just do all their marketing based off <laughs> those two guys. The two best things to come out of Mississippi are, are Lane Kiffin and, um, I'm and Mike Leach. Mike, yep. Mike Leach. Yep. So Mrs. Ole Miss will score a bunch of points. Maybe Get Zach the, Evans. Zach Evans is their starting running back. Yeah, and maybe they maybe they rip off a surprise one here or there, but I don't see them mounting any sort of a legitimate threat to Alabama. I think they're predicted to finish last in the West. Are they? Yeah, and I, I think be- I think Ole Miss and LSU are probably the bottom of the bottom of the West. Yeah. Um, so, and I think well, back to your point with A and M, right? So they have now earned the tag from our friends at SEC Shorts. They now have hope. Have, hope yeah. has been they bestowed. Yeah. We 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 shed hope when we won. Um, now hope is moving on to Texas A and M. The New York uh, Mets of college football. Yeah, if I'm a Texas A&M fan, though, knowing what was spent from an NIL perspective, like, do you start getting frustrated in week one? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think at some point the collective for for the Aggies then goes to a Jimbo's buyout. But they, you know what? They're really happy with Jimbo. They love Jimbo there. I don't J- see it. Jimbo handled his business this summer like a complete jackass. He's a complete jackass. I mean, he he he. Him, his fight with Saban was so stupid. He needs to just own the fact that yes, they are they have the most money, they're buying the most players, and that's how they got the best recruiting class. Correct. Just own it. Yeah. Like, like 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 or, or just don't even add, brush it aside. If you don't want to own it, then but don't fight because it's so transparent. Well, you know, Saban was kind of a brat too about the whole thing. Sa- Saban's been a brat this summer, also. Truthfully, yeah. uh, he just got this new contract. Breaking news: Sports and Torts. Yeah. 
Um, ten years, what? Eight ten years. years. Ten years. Uh, he's going to be the highest paid coach again, which is probably, he, as he should be. As he should be. He'll be there forever. But he's been a brat. I mean, he, you know, him going calling this a rebuilding year last year for Alabama. Like, that's come on, a, dude. It's an eye roll to me. Yeah, like every year's a rebuilding year because kids are only there four, three, four, five years. Right? They were preseason number one. Right. They? So you lost your two best receivers. Okay. Fine, you did, and and surely that hurt. But we lost our starting quarterback. We lost our best um, pass rusher, our wide receiver, our best receiver. Everyone loses. It's part of the game. It's part of right? the game. It's it's what is it? Spoiled grapes? Is that Sa- the yeah, sour, 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 I feel sour like, grapes? I feel like Saban was kind of turned Get, into a cranky old man. You know what he did have though on his team? The Heisman Trophy winner and the best, best defensive player, player in, in football. I mean, call that a rebuilding year. You call whatever you want. Yeah, and now, and and now, not only did they get the number one recruiting class, number two recruiting class, but they also won the transfer portal. They got yeah. Jameer Gibbs from Tech. They got Jermaine Burton, Eli Ricks, and um, uh, Ricks from LSU. Now, if I'm Jermaine Burton, like I, I don't understand that. I guess I maybe understand he, that one either. He's just probably going to so put up Jamison Williams numbers. Uh, yeah, that, exactly. So Georgia, uh, Jermaine Burton, if he stays healthy, which who knows if he does, but if he Jermaine Burton is a good receiver at Georgia, he puts up this year at best. 40 catches, 800 yards, five touchdowns. He goes to Alabama. He's going to have 125 catches for 1,200 yards and 12, 12 touchdowns if he doesn't get hurt, and he'll be a first-round pick next year. So I get that. Yeah, I, 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 feel like, I still feel there, like he could have been a first-round pick at Georgia but he's anyway with numbers. more tread on the tires. Because, um, I mean, listen, That's going to be sales pitch. Yeah, games. well, these Georgia guys go to go to Indy for the, the – um, yeah. Combine and just put up their freaks. And the most important thing is not your first contract; it's your second contract. Yeah, I, I don't blame Burton. It's just lame. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's just totally lame, totally, and it's totally, just like, who's going to be this guy next year? This guy he yeah, went like, to four different high schools in four years. Yeah, yeah give me a break. So, um, you, you mentioned the coaches, the SEC West coaching. We got Brian Kelly coming there too. Um, got him and his family. Amazing family. accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my buddy John Crisador, who y'all know. I was talking to him about expectations at LSU this year. They like him. They like Kelly so far. Okay. Probably the biggest name they could have gotten, right? Um, that was so cool, though, seeing like – you see uh, – what's his Lincoln Riley go to USC, yeah. and you see – like, yeah. what is going on with yeah. this carousel? Yeah. But I think Notre Dame fans feel they actually got an upgrade with promoting Marcus Freeman and getting rid of Brian Kelly. So I, We'll see. I, we'll I don't see. think he's I mean, going to do very good. I think Brian Kelly is a good coach, and it's not a cultural fit. However, that's a total 180 from the last mouth breather that was in there. It was an amazing cultural fit right. and an awful coach. Yeah. Well, does anybody have better YouTube commercials than Coach O? He's, coach. he's a legend. I, I like hearing your impression of him. You can do a good one. Oh, the Coach O. <laughs> Got one down by yourself. Uh, you know. I, nope. Hey, boom, boom. I got you. <laughs> what, what were the? You want a Hummer? I got a Hummer. What go, the, go Targus. What were the old Miss quarterbacks that he? That are, oh, Jordan Schaefer. Yeah, Jordan Schaefer. That is it. For anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a great YouTube. Just uh, do the YouTube video of Colonel Red is crying. Colonel Red. Yeah, that's what it is. That is. That's what it is. So, uh, but but LSU, John was telling me, and you you mentioned this too, that they're not they're not preseason top twenty five. First time since two thousand. Yeah, it was probably like Jerry Denardo was probably the coach back then. Uh, good call, Jerry Denardo. Let's coach to Vanderbilt. You remember, when, you remember when Odell Thurman had that like 95 yeah. interception return? How is Jerry Denardo's name in your brain? I think he's actually dead. I got lots of like, how big is problems. That, how is that name in your big brain? Problems. Larry goes down rabbit holes. Yeah. Uh, what about Auburn? Well, if we had to talk about coaches on the hot seat, I think Brian Harson is. Uh, are we talking Auburn football or basketball? They're a basketball school. <laughs> they are basketball. Is that right, Bo? I think uh, I think Harson. Well, listen, their definition of success this year is that Harson doesn't get fired. That's what he told us this morning. Yeah. We talked. We really? Texted. See, I think their definition of success is they fire Harson. Well, that's what he was saying. We were texting with Bo this morning, and he was saying that that they hope the season is good enough to where they don't have to fire him. But if the season's mediocre, he's gone. You know, uh, Bo Nix is the starting quarterback of Oregon. Yes. Bo, Bo Nix is going to be eating a lot of the turf at Mercedes-Benz he will. on September 3rd. He will. He will. Well, let's hop into that game. Yeah. I mean, we're, we, let, let, let's, let's kind of project what Georgia's season looks like. I mean, the biggest game, hardest game, might be next week. Um, yeah, our opening game is what are we, going to be— 18-point favorites? So, I mean, that doesn't mean anything, but— If you remember back to the, the Orange Bowl conversation we had, I said my, my brain always kind of flips to the gambling side of things. Yeah. And when I see that Georgia, after losing what we lost— National championship coming in as defending champs, potentially let down. And I see that we're 18-point favorites against a team like Oregon that we know is a talented team, even though they have a new coach. 18 sure seems like a lot. Oregon seems like a, a no-brainer pick. So the dogs are my lock of week one. There you go. I like, I like it. I need, Can I get a whiteboard diagram of that? There? No, I think, listen, I think uh, Georgia smokes him. I think Dan Lanning, I hope he's a good coach. I like him. He's a good guy. Does it worry all that he is insider, got insider baseball over there? No. 
No, not we just, at we all. just outclass them, out talent them. Yeah, it's a home game for us. It's a home game. They're coming three thousand miles, twenty five hundred miles across the country. They've got a new coach, a new quarterback, really a new team. I guess as we discussed, we all do. I, I, I don't see it being close. If it's close in the fourth quarter, I'm going to be worried. I don't, I don't see that happening. So, is there a game on the schedule that you're circling with? Yeah, with eyes open and yeah, it's our next game we play in the Benz. <laughs> that's a championship game in December. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, listen, I'm a little more skeptical. I think going on the road to South Carolina and hearing uh, whatever their what, what's their uh, <laughs> another South Carolina uh, first down. Yeah. You will not be there. I'm guessing. Um, I will. I've you, we have you have a good track record there. Not very good. And I've done my last game in uh, Williams Bryce Stadium. I'll never see that caboose again. Yeah, I, I mean, going on the road to South Carolina scares me. I think it's an early start. Uh, maybe noon kickoff potentially. Probably better for That's us. That's helpful for get, us. It is. Yeah, doesn't get adjusted. But yeah, and then uh, and then Tennessee. Like I said, they were in Athens. It's in Athens, but Tennessee worries me just because they're high powered offense. It's gonna um, be. But otherwise, we're we're gonna face off against Alabama the first weekend in December. Yeah, I mean, you can probably afford to lose a game along the way. You can not if up. you want to make the playoffs. Well, if you if you, I'm, my point being is that we'll still end up in that game versus Alabama. Correct. You did have to win that game. Correct. The luxury we had this year was you could lose versus Alabama and still make the playoffs. Um, but yeah, you could. Tri- up and I think we're still seven and one and, and win the East. So you have us losing? I'm saying we could. Well, I, I don't have us losing. Yeah, I don't either. I don't have us losing, but I'm saying that if you trip up in one of the places that you just mentioned, um, I don't think it's fatal. And what that what that does is it makes for unfortunately a somewhat kind of boring fall, which like last which, fall, which is like a blessing and a curse, right? It's like I remember the days all of us do when, when you know Auburn or Tennessee is like. Who knows what's going to happen? And you get together with your buddies and you go to the game and it's a huge thing and it's a night game. And now it's like, okay, we play at noon and people are checking their phones while they're at soccer games. It's better for my blood pressure. It is better. True. I mean, it, so we're be- listen, we're benefiting from Kirby being a, a great coach and, and building a, a, you know, a, a real program that will last over the years. But we're also benefiting from the fact that Tennessee is one in 470 in the past, since 2008. Florida, as, as we mentioned, is down. Um, you know, South Carolina, do you ever really have big hopes for them? Probably not. Kentucky is actually probably playing ab- above where they should be. And Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. Missouri's Missouri. So we're Ben and Auburn, right? These are, our, are the teams we play every year. They're all down the past decade. We're one of six teams to be currently favored in all 12 games. So, are you asking me to name the other five? Um, I, know, I know Ohio three, State. I know three of them. Clemson. Bama and Ohio State are the only two that are favored by double digits in every game. Air Force is another who's one that's a, who's favored. Who's our game that we're less than double digits? That's a good question. I don't know. Because that would, that would suggest that I would, that's the I game could not play. see us being less than a 10-point favorite in any game on the schedule right now. Could that change? Of course. But there's just nothing. It, it's a boring, you know. So, so all of us, well, we, me, and, me and Jason just said that we think we run the table. What do you think? I think we slip up somewhere along the way. There you go. I think we got 11 and 1, 11 and 1 playing for our playoffs. Wasn't this the same guy that said we were losing to Bama and Indy last year, too? He was. Get this guy the hell out of here. I know. What, what, what's Big Layer 99? Like Papa Grande. To, I like to underpromise and overdeliver. What do you want from me? So, with that, do you think we still end up at the SEC Championship game? I think we end up in the SEC Championship game. All right, game. versus Bama. Versus Bama. So, do we win? Um, are we getting to our final four predictions right now? Oh, it's a good segue. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have I have in my playoff prediction, I have Georgia. Right, so we win the SC championship game. I have Ohio State. Yeah. I have Bama. Right. And I have Baylor. Ooh, I like that. I, there's, I have a term for Baylor that I can't say on this family-friendly podcast, but it uh, has something to do with their history. <laughs> um, all right, well, I'll go then. Uh, I have uh, Alabama, who I think will run the table, and I unfortunately think will probably beat us in Atlanta again. I do have Georgia going 12-0 and and losing to Bama in the Benz. Um, I have Ohio State, though I could see them. Uh, there's some games that they could potentially lose. They have both Notre Dame. I think they're going to smoke Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, they're going to destroy Notre Dame. I think so, too. I have Georgia. I have us backdooring in again. And then I'm really torn on the last one. I put Clemson down. But I don't think Clemson – I could see them getting kicked out too. I could see two, that five and six that might slip in, either Utah or USC. Uh, I could see someone from the Pac-12. Coming. So Utah – Sam Kessler, shout out Sam Kessler, said keep an eye on Utah for what it's worth. I have no idea what he knows about Utah. They won the Pac-12. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, if you, look at the, if you look at all the odds, it is Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, and, and everybody else. And everybody else, yeah. I mean, Oklahoma's got a brand new coach. Do you know who Oklahoma's quarterback is this year? Yeah, 
Um, uh, Dylan Gabriel. Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. He's he's also the same age as Stetson Bennett. Yeah. He's so, played so seven. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't sit here today, right now and 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 compare and contrast the rosters between Oklahoma and USC, but I got to give the nod to USC just on coaching alone, right? Like if you're saying. Four, five, six. They've got seven. a full coaching staff at Oklahoma. Lost the coach a week ago or so. so. Yeah, yeah. So well, and, and USC got Oklahoma's best player. They got the quarterback, and yeah. then they got the kid from Pittsburgh, and they got they they built it. They basically built the team out of free agency. Now year. USC, when, when do they start with the Big Ten? Next year. Is it next year? Twenty twenty three. Really? Okay. That's going to be so awesome watching USC play at Rutgers or, in Mar- or Maryland at noon. Yeah, or you know, I'm so excited to watch that. You're, um, you, what about UCLA Northwestern noon in uh, in Evanston? Yeah, that's got yeah. your attention. Yeah, so pack pack ten. I get why they did it though. I mean, I think that Utah is interesting. I think USC is interesting. I think they'll all probably end up, you know, getting two losses amongst themselves and they're out. And then Clemson. I mean, how many times are they going to lose this? I've year? got a friend right? that's a big, big Clemson fan, and he is not optimistic on the season. He thinks three losses. Big Clemson fan. They hate DJ Ugalagula. Yeah. We've seen it. We've, <laughs> DJ we, we, we've seen him play in um, DJ. I mean, I think Miami could be a sleeper in the ACC. They got They're a new coach. Top 10. They have a lot of talent. Um, NC State is good. Mm. Wake Forest, who was in the ACC championship game last year, lost their quarterback. I'm not sure what his deal is, but... I mean, I don't see Wake being any threat to the playoffs whatsoever, but the ACC is like, it's hot garbage. It's hot garbage. It just seems like it's it's so easy year in, year out to say Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and then. Well, let me. And then so you, you, you mentioned the ACC, and I know we're going a little off topic here, but what do you see with uh, Georgia Tech and do you see, what's his name, making it through the season? You lost your last two Wait, games. Wait, Georgia Tech still has a football team? They do. You lost your last two games 105 to nothing. Um, so it's just, they have a new coach in 2023. Jeff Collins was it Jeff Collins yeah. with, with a G? I had to think for a while. Um, minute too. Yeah, Jeff Collins with G a G. I, I listen. I think they made the right move to separate from Paul Johnson four, four years ago or whatever. Yeah. And maybe Jeff Collins is like the stepping stone to get to the next guy. But he's I think maybe best case scenario for them is five wins. I haven't even looked at their schedule. Yeah. I have no idea. But I mean, I think they probably move on. If I were if I were Tech. I would have gone after somebody like Dan Lanning last year. Like, why do you why do you not get one of these Georgia assistant coaches that knows recruit. the state of Georgia that can recruit and try and bring some of those behaviors that have been learned to Georgia and implement them at the flats? Could be like a Del McGee. <laughs> I think Collins is gone. I think he was real I, cute I with his four hundred four and yeah. trying to brand. Waffle Loves House. Waffle House, yeah. Loves Waffle House. Probably a pretty nice guy. Um, but that that program does not need to be living in four, five, six win land. No, he's a child of Rockdale County. I mean, what a... Yeah. I mean, they're not 10-11 win team, but they need to be 7-8 team. They, they need to not be losing to Georgia by a zillion every year, and they need to get rid of him. I will tell you, though, I enjoy going to the Georgia-Georgia Tech game in Atlanta when it's 99% Georgia fans. Uh, it's a lot of fun. They sell beer there. They do. Yeah. Or you can sneak beer in. They keep <laughs> used to, but now you don't have to. Um, That's rumor awesome. has it you can put a whole 12-pack in a pair yeah. of jeans and sneak into the second row. So, uh, now championship game next year is in LA, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you have us making it? Cause I know. So, so Dude, we, I have a hotel reservation. Um, <laughs> at, I guess four seasons. Uh, no, that'd be the peninsula, but, uh, I, I've, I've moved. Yeah. Um, yeah, the peninsula in Beverly Hills. Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you my room number cause I don't want chargers on my bar tab. I've seen that happen before. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see us making there. I'm gonna take the whole family, uh, Indianapolis. While I loved it, it was obviously amazing just for like a trip it was pretty brutal have I mean, you thought out yet <laughs> yeah when 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 you know we're all we had a, we made the best of it in terms of tailgating and, and the logistics but like just and the, the game was obviously amazing but not like a a great place that you want to go I, my plan it, it, um I, I think we make it um, I think we end up as a three seed. Alabama ends up as one. The rest of the country is going to hate it because it's going to be, you know, the, the Bama Clemson, Bama Georgia thing again. But I think we're there. I'll take the whole family. We'll go out Saturday. We'll come back Tuesday. That'll be a nice, you know, nice trip. And uh, well, I hope you enjoy your trip to yeah. see Bama play. If you Ohio come, State. I'll buy you a drink. I hope you enjoy your trip to <laughs> see Bama. Listen to this play. guy. All right. I think he just this drink, is, this, drink rescinded. Yeah, I think this is just clickbait. I'll buy the Stein this, family. This drinks. is just clickbait. Big Lair 99 is just trying to play the heat. Listen, I think Bama could beat the London Falcons this year with what they have. Bama is like, they're really, really good again. Um, I don't think we have, I don't think we can beat them this year. Right, but if we go 12 and 0, right? Twice. We can't beat them twice. Well, I didn't say, you didn't ask me who wins. I, I asked you if we were playing it. it. Yeah. He, we, we both agreed that they're going to lose. Well, I, I, I do agree that we lose that to Bama in the SEC championship game, but I think that we still get in. 
not as a four seed because they won't do the rematch, won't, just like they did this time. Um, so then your question then to yourself is you think Ohio State beats Georgia. Come on, dude. He loves the yeah. Come on, dude. I'm going to have to go back to the abacus because I do not like that call one bit whatsoever. <laughs> Midwest Larry loves Ohio State. Did you see what we did to Michigan last year? <sighs> you check the tape on Sports and Torts number one, too. This guy over here. Did you call it? Of course. It of was, course. Last, year was, last year was a little bit easier. But yes, we, I, I we have had us, a historical defense last. I year. have us in LA. Um, so okay, I'll take this. Are you going to make a, a road trip to Newport Beach to go visit my in-laws? Because uh, I know Patty would love to see you. Yeah, I, well, she can just come up. We'll so get then, adjoining rooms. So is anything short of making the playoffs an acceptable result? No, no. I think SEC championship playoffs is the expectation, and if we don't make the what play- a great place to be, and that what, gives what, what you and that gives you the slip up, right? You get one slip up. If you do in the regular season, you got to beat Bama in the SEC championship game. If you don't slip up in the regular season, you could slip up as long as you don't lose seventy five nothing. You probably go in. Yeah, I right? agree with all that. I, I think that's where we are, especially how down the East is, and 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 really, you know, or maybe we're just that far up. I don't. Yeah. Know. So y'all have any plans as we sit here right now of games you're going to be going to? Well, I will be watching the Oregon game from a soccer field in Sarasota, Florida, which I'm extremely disappointed in. But hey, go NASA soccer team, I guess. Um, I would like to go. I'd like to go to either or both of Auburn or Tennessee in Athens, um, and then the Georgia Tech game is always a fun one to go to, and it's in Athens this year. And I believe we'll try to make the road trip from uh, Hartwell to Athens to see what that's like. Yeah, similar. I think I am going to go to Oregon. I don't have tickets right now, um, but I think I am going to go. If anyone has tickets. Send them well, it's got to be lower level. I'm, I'm sorry, it's not <laughs> in between the forties. Yeah, lower level. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will. I'm going to take the kids to one game. One of the, you know, it probably it's not going to be uh, Sanford, but maybe. Well, yeah, Sanford, Kent State, Sanford, Kent State. It'll be one of those, um, and then or Vanderbilt. Uh, that could be one of them that I take the kids to. And then same with you. I'm, I'm going to be out of town for Auburn. We always go to Texas uh, for Texas OU weekend, which is, is actually a blast there. Do you ever uh, eat the uh, fried, deep fried cheesecakes? And no, I, I ate a bunch of wings on Friday and it messed me up till Sunday. Uh, but the Texas Car- State Carved Fair. Carved your mortar is that. So here's a pro tip for anyone listening. The Texas State Fair, they sell beers and they're different prices throughout there, but they sell them in wax cups. So I bring my own cup because I don't like, be- when you get to the bottom of it in a wax cup, it's terrible. So you bring your own plastic cups. Pro tip is right. Yeah. So same thing for me. I'll be at a, a Walton sixth grade football game for the Oregon, Georgia, Oregon. Hopefully get the kids in one of the directional school type of Kent State or whoever. Yeah. Or love, Vanderbilt. Love, or Vanderbilt. Sorry to our Commodore. Clark fans. Lee said he wants to – his expectations for Vanderbilt are to be competing for championships. That's good. Yeah. I'm what sure. else are you going to say? Yeah. Got to say that. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully I love going to the Tech game, find another game to go to, and then SEC game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's getting harder as we get older and with kids and obligations to get to games and and you know, look, couple that with the lame schedule this year. Our home schedule has been hot garbage for a couple of years now. So So you here, let me bring up another thing uh, while we're talking about scheduling. So next year it's 20 it's 2022, next year 2023, we're supposed to go to Norman, Oklahoma next year. Um to play Oklahoma. Now there's talk that they want to pull that game off because Oklahoma I think comes in 2024. 24, yeah. So then there's talk. Well, what do we do? So if they pull that, then we're going to end up with a directional school, right? Do we want another directional school? If not, they're talking about, and and who knows is preliminary, but but finding like a neutral site for um, because you're not going to do the home and home, right? That was the initial deal. Finding a neutral site for the Oklahoma game. So like Jerry's world could be awesome, right? Well, that's what it, the fans want. Now. That's like what the they, fans they, like they want to play the. Some team that you never play before right. very often, as opposed to playing Sanford. No offense right. to Sanford, but right. you want to go play Oklahoma and Dallas or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm excited for Texas and Oklahoma to join the SEC, get some new blood, Same. get some new something to talk about. I think that, you know, we're headed towards like super conferences. I don't know what that looks like. I think that SEC and, and Big Ten are going to be the ones that are remaining. Right. I think and then Big, everyone else. Uh, yeah. I think, I think Big 12 is, is. So, yeah, thinking through that, right? So Oregon ends up in the Big Ten. Um, I mean, the SEC is. I mean, they're gonna. We're gonna get Texas, Oklahoma. Who else are we gonna get? And then do we break? Does the does college football end up like breaking free of the NCAA? I don't think they will break free of the NCAA, even though they probably should. Um, good question in terms of SEC expansion. The logical names would be like Clemson, maybe a Florida State. But but from what I've read, and I think this is true, right? The SEC looks at it from a market perspective. That's what I'm gonna say, yeah. So what does Clemson do from a TV market? Nothing, Nothing guys. Florida State, of- maybe. So look, the first name that everybody wants, but I think they're gonna go to the Big Ten is Notre Dame, right? I think that's just the most logical thing. UNC makes a lot of sense, right? We don't have a team in North Carolina. You could 
Think about a Virginia if we could do school. Two, then Vanderbilt could have a buddy, right? And I don't think that. I think <laughs> you're right. I think that's why we wouldn't go after Duke. But you could look up the Eastern Seaboard up to like Virginia or Virginia Tech. Um, and, you know, going out west, Oklahoma State might make sense. So if you're the ACC, like, what is your play? I, I, I don't think you have much of one. No, and it's tough because the ACC histor- historically has been known as a basketball conference. Maybe we send Auburn over there. I don't know. And, and, and <laughs> Make a trade? Yeah, take North Carolina. You know, I, um, I don't know. I, you know, it's you know, it, it's like a game of musical chairs, right? You just don't want to be the dude standing there with no chair left. So, so they're all looking to to move as quick as they can. I don't know how it plays out, uh, but I am, to your point, Josh, pumped about Texas and Oklahoma joining. The only people that weren't pumped about that are back to the, the New York Mets of college football, the Aggies, right? They were, they were pretty butthurt about that. but and, and the people that didn't like the idea of the battery in Truist Park right. coming in. Yeah. It's a lot like, of traffic. Yeah, a lot it's, of it's, traffic. it's like the people that just want to be butthurt about anything that right. is different. Right. You know, instead of opening their mind and eyes to like something that could be really cool. I think it'll be really cool. Yeah. Who doesn't want to go to Austin for a game? Yeah, yeah. Before we wrap up, Larry, you love predictions. I know you love predictions. You you started talking about your Heisman prediction earlier. We we cut you off. So I mean, here I have four. I have four in New York. Come what the week after the SEC championship game, I got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, and Stetson Bennett. Yes, making the trip yes. to New York. Um, there are a couple a couple of the other folks that I think will be that'll that'll really shine this year. Um, the running back Travion Henderson from uh, Ohio State. Is, he's, he's a wide receiver. No, Travion Henderson's a running back. The wide receiver is um, Jackson Smith. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, and then uh, and then Bijan Robinson or whatever his name is out of Texas, making a lot of noise uh, to be a superstar this year. But I do think we'll see. Uh, I think we'll see a repeat Heisman winner. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're probably right. Um, does anyone really pay attention to Heisman anymore? Uh, it's lost a lot of its luster. It really has. I mean, it used to be a big it's a talking quarterback. point. It's yeah. just a quarterback for the know. best team with the big with the biggest yeah. numbers. I mean, so so that's why I agree with Larry on, on Bryce Young probably repeating or maybe C.J. Stroud. But I'd love to see a Brock Bowers in New York, right? It's, if it's supposed to be the best player in college football, I'd like to see a, a Will Anderson. Though I hope it's someone from Georgia. But you know, if it's truly the best player, but if you want some name, Jordan Davis should have been there last year. Yeah. I think Will Anderson, I mean, he's a stud. He does jump the snap count, though. Yeah, have, have, <laughs> it's Corey Jeff Toronto. Uh, have you seen Stetson Bennett's odds win the Heisman? Um, I would imagine they've got to be like top 10, top 15. Oh, definitely, Heisman. definitely. It's got to be because Georgia's going to put up high 40s in points this year. Is it better or worse than JT Daniels? Well, I don't remember what JT Daniels was. I haven't looked, this year but, it's definitely. <laughs> but, but we can look it up, but I did look up Bennett's. It's 10,000 to 1. Really? Well, I, so maybe there's some play there for a twenty dollar bill. I'm if, good for a hundo if, if, if on that one. He's going to be there. Well, um, is there a win play show? Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. But there's also the article that came out where they had him as the 44th best player. ESPN did that, that. Or, or SI or something. They had Brock in top ten. Brock with eight. Ringo. Yeah, Keely was, Ringo's there. But I, I, listen, I, I think I think Larry's list is pretty good. I mean, um, so we're about we're about to wrap it up. We did want to talk a little NIL, which you don't have much time to do. Um, but if anybody has like some, some, I do, I do. I, I've got this is I, I've, I've read a lot about this, and uh, so I'll, I'll just say, look, this it's it's a work in progress, right? My one, and I think these these players should be able to profit off of or earn, you know, money off of their name, image, and likeness, right? Why not, right? Uh, this is America. This is America. This is America. America. Um, America. However. It, it, it needs a lot of tweaking, right? So um, I don't think that they should be able to entice kids to go to a school for giving them money, right? Um, I think what it should be is, A, I think a way to fix that is you can't earn any NIL money until you're actually on campus, right? I also think it, it's a great, there's got to be some sort of, you know, quid pro quo, right? So I can't just give uh, Big Larry 99 money and he does nothing back for me. So if Jay Stein Law Firm wants to go out there and, and sponsor a kid, and I remember we talked about this before, right? Morgan and Morgan did a really cool, like in Georgia's Jordan Davis and Alabama's somebody, maybe Will Anderson, right? Like, hey, we protect you from, I think that's really cool. They're doing something for you. But just to throw money at them, I think is stupid. There needs to be some regulations around that. And finally, and I, we kind of touched on this before, I think they need to get rid of collectives. I think collectives are just dumb. They're all doing it and, and Georgia should do it because everybody else is doing it. It's an arm race. But it shouldn't just be this blind pool money just to buy players. I think they need to be able to establish that, again, there is this quid pro quo. You are actually adding uh, something to, to Jay Stein Law Firm, or at least the average person would think so. Um, and and it, as such, you're paying somebody. They're just so. taking something that was illegal three years ago, and yeah. now it's legal. And now, since it's legal, they're pumping more money into but it. So it's still going to be the cases of the haves and the have-nots. Sure. Uh, my, my, my biggest concern above and beyond NIL is just 
the lack of guide, uh, regulation around the transfer Control. portal. Yeah. The oh. transfer portal, that's where I think regulation needs to come in and not allow these kids Tied to... Tie that to NIL. If you're in college, you shouldn't be able to play for five schools in five years. Correct. Clay Travis actually brought up a really... You know, he jumps the shark quite often. But what he said, you know, on his show, he said, okay, so these kids coming out of high school, they could get an NIL paycheck right out of high school, right? And then you get one free transfer with this stupid portal which is not that stupid, but there again needs to be regulations there. There's your second check. And now if you graduate, right, you can transfer as a graduate, you know, transfer you get a third check. and get a third check. Yeah, it makes sense. It, it, it limits just the wild, wild west aspect of it that they can go anywhere. And it's just like you said, an arms race to whoever's going to pay the most money. I mean, I keep waiting for the Bryce Youngs of the world every year to just make it a free agency. Sure. Right. Like, sure. hey, I'm the best player in the country. I'm the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. Who wants to pay me and how much? But I think the way, uh, the way you, you're, you're seeing that, Caleb but, Williams. Yeah, but the way you fix that again yeah. is if you tell them, and now again, there's ways to work around this, but if you, and, and with Caleb Williams, there'll always be money, and with, with Bryce Young, there'll always be money. But if you say you can't get any money, you can't have any communication with anybody until you're on campus of that next place, that slows that down a little bit. Does it end it? Probably not, but does it slow it I down? I mean, and, and, and I guess the next, the next is going to be like a salary cap, and then there's going to be a union with the players, and like it's like live golf almost. Well, it's that's like the a money should become just out of control. Well, yeah, do you put, put a salary cap? Do you put, a, do you put a salary cap, or do you take away like what the NIL is, and from a um, company and, and um, donation perspective, and you just take a portion of the revenue share from the TV rights? Maybe. And give no. a portion of that to the players. No, because then you have time. And then, every, nine. then everybody, nine comes everybody gets kind of paid relatively the same. Um, you know, listen, it should t- it should tie back to merchandise sales. Yeah. You get a percentage of your jersey sales. You get but a that's percentage. That's where Title of- Nine all comes in, where you know you've got to have the same amount. I mean, Title Nine, you talk that could be a whole. Honestly, should probably be a whole podcast. But but that's where you limit scholarships. There's got to be the same, you know, per gender. But it, it um, I'm excited for the first player to get screwed by the tax man and, and it be, uh, you know, national news that this, no, that's, that's a good point. Really yeah. good point. I mean, you saw that this, this kid, the Miami, um, paid $9.5 million just, just this week. And he was, he was like the 56 rated recruit in the class, like seventh, seventh rated quarterback. I hope he crashes and burns. Because I want to see some buyer's remorse. There's got to be some cautionary tales. I want to see some buyer's remorse. I want to see some some tax. I want to see the IRS, the tax man, come down on some of these kids. I love chaos that I'm not involved in. <laughs> yeah. My question is, did Uncle Luke foot the bill for that one? Or is yeah, he still involved with the U program? It was John Ruiz. Yeah. Of, of John the, Ruiz, uh, you know, yeah. Hopefully, no. you know what? I, I hope in a couple of years we're doing one of these podcasts and, and the Jay Stein Law Firm gets caught up in being one of the uh, you know shady NIL people writing $25 million checks. So that that's my hope for And my hope is I've got the, the ability of means to do that yeah i'm, 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 ex- I'm excited to be sitting in the box in the 50 yard line yeah. for the season opener when jay stein's foot we, yes. we could do one of these in there i'm, I'm riding the brox bowers train from here on out so guys i knew it'd be fun of course it was fun great stuff y'all amaze me with your intellect with all this like a compliment i give y'all yeah i appreciate you like it the, you like that comment um what anything else any parting words anything else about the season about georgia past present that you want to you want to get out. It's good to come in the season wearing the crown, man. It's it's awesome, and I'm excited to see what these guys do to defend the championship. And um, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope we're doing a celebratory podcast come what second week of January uh, at Robert Enel's house again to talk about how great the uh, the trip to LA was. I'll keep it short because we got a tea time. Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> he did promise us a pretty good food. Actually, no, you said that you were gonna. When we recorded the one last year at Robert's house, and we said we'll be back here twelve months, I'm trying to remember the spread that we discussed having. But I'll give you my credit card. Well, it was probably a Chinese buffet. Well, we'll not Bob's we'll, order. We'll, we'll, we'll bring the equipment with us. Peninsula conference room. Do it up. Go Blinky. dogs. Guys, thanks for listening. Girls, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, excited, we are back. Season two, sports of torts. And until next time, as always, keep chopping.